0: All right, welcome to the Carl Rominger Show. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, abortion and the new decision in Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs is the administrator of the Department of Health of a state that's involved in the lawsuit, his name thrown in the case for no other purpose, than that's how we name these things. Uh, If you guys are getting my feed, always appreciate a little feedback on the sound quality, what's going on, make sure. We don't have any technical errors. Um, I did put up a, a little, you know, Higgins-Jigger about what I was going to talk about. Uh, I will try to stick to that. So just to give you the agenda for tonight's show, um, I'm going to talk to you about the law itself, how it came to be, and, and how we got to where we're at. Uh, so we're talking about the Dobbs decision by the United States Supreme Court a few days ago. I think that was Friday, actually. Um, saying that there is no constitutional right to an abortion and that as such uh, you shouldn't expect that a state would be required to allow abortion under a particular circumstance so essentially what they did was defederalize thanks charles uh, they defederalized the issue uh, which is essentially pushed it back to the states. so at one level it is very true that no one made abortion uh, illegal in the united states Uh, I'm frozen, John. Uh, I hope I'm not. But if I am, uh, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm getting a few people saying it's good. Somebody saying it's frozen. Could just be you, John. I'm not sure. But keep me posted. I I don't want to belabor the point, but where we're at here. uh, Well, the federal government is basically backing out of abortion through the Supreme Court and saying we're not going to participate or be part of the abortion controversy uh, we're going to push that to the states, which is overturning Roe v. Wade, right, which was the case from about 50 years ago uh, that said uh, – thanks, John – that says you should uh, not regulate abortion following circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. And the Roe set up the, the the regime that we had. Casey came along years later and sort of punted, uh, and, and the court now in Dobbs is very critical of Casey. Um, and so people will say to you, don't worry. Uh, There'll still be abortions. You can still go to a state where it's friendly if you want. Just, you know, pack it out and go somewhere else. Uh, So I'm going to play for you a clip of the gubernatorial candidate here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I hope you guys can hear this. Um, So I'll let him talk. I'm not sure how great the sound quality on that is, but Doug Mastriano, who's Republican running, and in this state, a Republican or Democrat can win governor very easily. Uh, He has said he was asked by a reporter, what about the life of a woman Um, and things like rape and incest? And he goes through a pretty long-winded answer, but if you pay attention in there, he says, hey, that's a life, and uh, we don't give consideration for the other life. So if you think... um, If you think I'm crazy somehow, uh, that this is going to uh, uh, be an issue that abortion couldn't be absolutely banned with no exception for the life of a woman, uh, that's probably a false pretext. We will find states that do. Uh, Travis wants to know uh, if this is uh, paying for my restitution. And you guys know I don't hide anything. Uh, You guys know my history. And uh, the answer is, Travis, uh, this show currently doesn't pay Carl anything. So no, it's not paying for my restitution. Uh, My job is, but, uh, you know, if you want to donate some money, let me know, and I will pass it on directly. If you think that I should be compensated for this. Um, and at some point, if I had enough listeners that the pillow guy, uh, wanted to, you know, have me hawk pillows or, or maybe I could do vitamins for somebody, uh, you know, we'll go there. Um, but what what i want you to be thinking about uh is where we're really at right now okay and where we're really at i'm going to throw the chat up here so we can start to see the chat overlay a little bit um where where we're really at with the abortion issue right now so I, i i do believe that there will be states that criminalize this so I prepared, you know, usually I kind of wing this show, right? So I prepared a little bit of material and I put some up for you guys to look at on Facebook earlier. It's on my personal page um, if you want to see it. Um, A conspiracy occurs when two or more people agree to commit an illegal act and take some step towards its completion. Conspiracy is an inchoate, or inchoate, and how you like to say it, crime, which does not require that the illegal act actually have been completed. For instance, a group of individuals can be convicted of conspiracy, to commit burglary, even if the actual burglary never happens. Conspiracy is also unique in that, unlike attempt, a defendant can be charged with both conspiracy to commit a crime and the crime itself if the crime is completed. Um, In April, a Texas woman was arrested on murder charges after she allegedly caused the death of an individual by self-induced abortion. A Texas district attorney ultimately dismissed the charges, but legal scholars say they are aggressive. Local prosecutors who may try to use trigger laws and other pre-road bans to go after pregnant persons or anyone who helps them travel for an abortion. Prosecutors could argue that as long as some part of the crime took place in the state, then they are allowed to have jurisdiction and developing guilty intent to travel may be enough, Cohen said. Well, I read you the conspiracy piece first, which is pulled from a, a standard conspiracy definition. And a little news article where quoting an expert as what was going on in texas um a conspiracy is just that an agreement so imagine a and again i i just want to be really clear here if some of you that are listening are pro-abortion some of you that are listening are pro-life or pro-choice or pro-death or don't care about the life of a mother or think the life of a mother are really important we're not making those judgments here right now um, i mean you'll probably catch where i come down on this but I'm just trying to explain to you the actual legal implications of what are going on. And we're going to talk about the case in a minute, more in in, and of itself, how they got to where they got. I think this is why it's so important to understand. So a woman in Texas, for instance, where abortion isn't lawful, um, calls up an 800 number and gets put through to a lady in a clinic in New York, and arrangements are made for her to travel. Texas says that abortion is a crime and conspiracy to abortion, right? I mean, I'm saying, I don't know if Texas actually has it as a crime. We'll say it's being uh, done as a crime, apparently, that woman could be prosecuted in Texas. But trust me, states will pass some of these criminal laws and say you, that, that the act of abortion is a crime. Well, a conspiracy is an agreement, right? So when Mary Beth gets on the phone with Donna Sue and they reach an agreement that she will get a bus ticket to travel to New York for an abortion, voila, we have a conspiracy. And remember, if the abortion itself occurs in New York, we can prosecute the abortion in New York. Well, they're not going to prosecute it. But Texas still has the act of the conspiracy, which was the agreement to commit a crime in some furtherance of it. You may be saying, oh, Carl, you're crazy. But trust me, law school 101, if you and I enter an agreement to rob Walmart and you go to the Walmart parking lot to case the joint and you're dumb enough to tell somebody that you were there to case the joint and later when the police talk to you, you're like, Yeah, Rominger and I were in a conspiracy. Rominger and I were planning on robbing the Walmart, so I went down there to see what the cameras looked like. Rominger's going to jail, right? That's a conspiracy. Going to jail again. That's a conspiracy. That makes sense? So the agreement to commit a crime and any overt act and furtherance of even an innocent act that's not a criminal act that tends to further the conspiracy and is done in the furtherance of the conspiracy makes you liable for the conspiracy. Um, can I repeat the first quarter? Well, well, Don. Here's the thing. As you know, you can always go back and watch it because this does get safe. And so, and, and if you guys would, you know, feel free to share this feed. That always helps. Um, after we're done, after, and it's a it's a done deal. You can share it to anybody you want. Um, but where we're going at with this, Don, is the idea that a conspiracy is an agreement to commit a crime, and an agreement to facilitate an abortion made in state A where the abortion is is illegal, even if the abortion is to go in state B, uh, the conspiracy occurred in state A. So uh, one of the other examples I think I had for you guys just to give you some flavor for this. A man hired two men to kill his wife. Pursuant to the plan, the men kidnapped the wife in Alabama, then drove her into Georgia and killed her. The man pled guilty to murder in Georgia in exchange for a life sentence. After the plea, an Alabama court tried and convicted him and sentenced him to death. The US Supreme Court held that under the dual sovereignty principle, two states may separately prosecute a defendant for the same conduct without violating the Fifth Amendment's double jeopardy clause. That's Heath versus Alabama. Because I know somebody out there is like, wow, once one state does something, no, you make that agreement in a state that says abortion is illegal, um, and then you leave the state or you do something in furtherance, we go get that bus ticket, that airplane ticket. Uh, arrange a babysitter for the kids so you can go get your abortion, Um, you're going to be found guilty. Uh, So I think it's important to understand that. And it's important to understand that um, if it's not the same as live watching later. Um, the, the, The thing I want you to understand, and the reason I want you to understand it is this is very real. There will be prosecutions. Now, if bills have exceptions for things like the life of the mother, et cetera, um, or will that be carved out? So in a classic criminal defense standpoint, right, if a woman has an abortion and she says, I needed to do it for my own health, that's a jury question. That means that she could be tried and she would have the right to claim self-defense at the jury. Um, So, so, right, Scott says, I'm wondering how thinly veiled the offer is Uh, from Amazon, Starbucks, et cetera, to aid in travel expenses for women seeking abortion in a state where it's prohibited, especially if it tries to expense it. Yeah, we're going to find out. I mean, a lot of companies are, and remember something, laws are hard to enforce if nobody's obeying them, right? Um, Some states are going to take this very seriously, and some states are going to do the wink, wink, nod, nod, we see nothing, we know nothing. Um, You can see that here in Pennsylvania right now. Some crimes in Philadelphia get you the proverbial this whereas you do the same thing in Cumberland County or Perry County, uh, and it's a major deal. Uh, by the way, Don Stevens, you missed I played um, Doug Mastriano. Uh, I'll play that clip again for anybody who's just joining us. This guy's running for governor on Republican ticket. I know some of you will vote for him. Uh, I voted for somebody else in the Republican primary who did not win on the ticket. I'm not sure if noticed. that the sound is playing on that or not. Let's see. So, re- reason I played that clip if he won governor, he actually sponsored a bill uh, previously and it said, I'm not going to allow any exceptions. Now, whether you get that passed a Republican legislature or not, these are important questions. But if it does become the law of Pennsylvania, that there is no exception for the life of a woman, um, that doesn't mean you couldn't get an abortion if your life was in danger. It would just mean you'd be subject to prosecution and you could plead self-defense like any shop owner who had to shoot an intruder. Um, now, what did I promise here? I promised that uh, we'll explain the principles of the decision from a law perspective. So I, I, I exerted just a little bit of case. Um So let's just see what the judge said, right? He said, we begin by considering the critical question whether the Constitution properly understood confers a right to obtain an abortion. Skipping over that question, the controlling opinion in Casey reaffirms Roe's quote, central holding based solely on the doctrine of stare decisis, but we will explain the proper application of stare decisis required assessment of the strength of the grounds on which Roe was based. We therefore turn to the question that carries plurality did not consider, and we address the question in three steps. First, we explain the standard that our cases have used in determining whether the 14th Amendment's reference to liberty protects a particular right, okay? So this is going to affect any time the 14th Amendment is used. This decision will be precedential in that area. Second, we examine whether the right at issue in this case is rooted in our nation's history and tradition and whether it's an essential component of what we described as ordered liberty, okay? That's weasel words. And finally, we consider whether to write whether a right to obtain an abortion is part of a broader entrenched right that is supported by other precedents. Um, they, of course, find that the, the rogue precedent is subject to uh, uh, overturning, right? But then a little later in their own opinion, in which I like, I just, I'm going to prove a point here with this. We discussed the theory in depth below, but before doing so, we briefly address one additional constitutional provision that some of respondents' amici, amici uh, have now offered as yet another potential home for the abortion right, the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. See brief United States as amicus curiae, brief for the United States. Uh, that's That was the United States. See also brief for equal protection constitutional law Scholars as amici, amici curiae. Neither Roe nor Casey saw fit to invoke this theory and it is squarely foreclosed by our precedents, which establish that a state's regulation of abortion is not a sex-based classification and is thus not subject to heightened scrutiny that applies to such classifications. Um, notice that the judge, in throwing out the row precedent, right, as not valid precedent, says, hey, we've got other precedents that mean that the this novel argument about equal protection, uh, we already answered that and we, we, we've got precedent on that. And that's why I want you guys to understand something. No matter what they tell you, right? And I say they, mean like civics class or whatever. Law is nothing more than words. And so I can be a judge and in the same opinion, claim the strength of precedent doesn't allow me to explore another legal theory while shooting down the precedent that's in front of me, that stood before, that I even testified in Congress that I would probably uphold or at least with strong precedent. Um And I don't think that's good news. It's not good news, but it's it's the way it's been. In fact, they go on to say, the regulation of a medical procedure that only one sex can undergo does not he- trigger heightened constitutional scrutiny unless regulation is a mere pretext designed to affect an invidious discrimination against members of one sex or the other. Um, accordingly, laws regulating or prohibiting abortion are not subject to heightened scrutiny. Okay. Rather, they're governed by the same standard of review as other health and safety measures. So one thing that a lot of people don't realize is the state, and we're not talking abortion now, we'll just talk other areas of the law. The state has extreme control over your body, uh, extreme control over what substances you can ingest, all kinds of things, right? Um, they're trying to regulate you know, sugary sodas. Uh, that didn't go over really well with the public, right? Uh, and for whatever reason, it's been hard for governments to convince the public that they should be allowed to regulate how much sugar we put into us, although they do in other ways. Uh, but when it comes to a woman's body, the the body politic, no pun intended, has accepted more or less a lot of regulation in that area. But when it comes to medical procedures, you have no right to that, basically. Now, I mean, you have some right to them, right? But highly regulated by the states, health, welfare, and safety. Those are the province of the states. They have extreme control in that area. That is one of the problems with a decision like this because it starts to peel back uh, a fiction that has been created over the years that the state doesn't have all this control over you. If you'd ever been in prison, for instance, you would realize how much control the state has over your body and figure out the physical placement of your body, the schedule for your body, what your body gets to ingest, uh, even if your body's allowed to use a bathroom. Well, some people comfort themselves with this fiction that that only applies to prisoners, that the government's power only applies in special circumstances that doesn't apply to them. Uh, Well, guess what? That's not really technically true. Technically, the king, the state, has great control over you, only subject to uh, the prohibitions against federal government, okay? So, Carrie, uh, I don't know which constitutional amendment PA is passing, I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't stayed up on that. Um, so I'd have to look into that so we can address that, but it's hard for me to research and address at the same time on this show, unfortunately. Um if I had a break, you know, like a little interlude, if I could get the MyPillow guy to run some ads on here, uh, hint, hint, uh, I think he's busy solving all the voter fraud in the world right now. Well, that's a topic for another day. So reason, reason I was citing some of this material, though, to you is to remind you that. So now here's the other big whammy, because let's talk about what this decision actually does. What they did, they said in this decision is, and I'm not going to go into the legalese detail. We can do that. And you guys want to chat me up on that? Or if we want to do another show on legalese detail, we can. But basically they said, hey, there's no right of liberty or privacy as such that we found in Roe because, well, that was all sort of made up and the Roe precedent doesn't carry a lot of weight. And so we're overturning it because it just never should have been. All right. Never should have been. So Justice Clarence Thomas, now people say, don't worry, Carl, this isn't really a huge change. All this did is push this back to the states. We're just sending it back to the states. It's not really a big change, Okay. Well, some people wonder, if you get rid of this right, what other rights can you get rid of? Well, fortunately, Clarence Thomas um, decided to just sort of uh, throw it right out there. And he said, let me get the exact quote, that the justices, quote, should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. Um, Obergefell. Obergefell was same-sex marriage. Uh, Lawrence was the sodomy case from Texas that said you can't criminalize sodomy. So if people want to commit sodomy, they may commit sodomy. Um, And remember, By the way, many of you have committed sodomy because the legal definition of sodomy is per os, os, or anus. uh, And the os is the opposite side of the anus. So uh, my favorite little thing to remind you is uh, the next time you have oral sex, you are in fact committing legal sodomy. Uh, So should you allow the state to regulate that Uh, you, if you say, oh, I don't care what those gay guys can do. I really don't care because, you know, all right. All right, champ. Uh, And Griswold is contraception. You see, the problem is contraception. Because what contraception does, and, and let me just play out to the war on women for a second, right? Contraception allows a woman to control if she has a baby. Now, Many of you on Facebook, look at the posts you've been posting, right? Many of you who are happy with this decision keep saying, well, don't have sex or use protection. Clarence Thomas is saying we need to revisit the idea that protection should even be allowed. Why is he saying that? He's saying, well, this should be up to the state. So in the state of Gilead, for instance, which is fast becoming the 51st state of the United States, um, and maybe this is where my editorialism is creeping through. If we ban abortions and we ban gay sex and we ban sodomy, which is oral or anal sex between consenting heterosexual people, um, and we ban contraception. So if my wife and I and my imaginary wife, right? Oh, I actually have a wife. So my imaginary wife and I decide that we don't want to procreate. Uh, we will use contraception. But when we go to the pharmacy, we learn that new rule, thanks to Clarence Thomas and Doug Mastriano, uh, contraception has been banned because God doesn't want me using contraception, or it it depopulates the earth, or every sperm is sacred, as Monty Python once said. Um, If that's the case, then I say to my wife, well, I'll tell you what, honey, let's just, well, we won't have sex we will you know go the alternate route right we'll go the alternate route all right we'll go the alternate route oh no we can't do that that's illegal too what we do in our bedroom the state has a very strong interest in that so i guess if we're going to have sex and we can't use contraception and we can't do anything but intercourse because otherwise it's a crime um we and we can't abort we'll have a baby great hooray or we just can't have sex and no freedom says abortion is a whole different issue. I don't know what you're saying by abortion is a whole different issue. Um, are you saying abortion is a whole different issue in the sense that uh, uh, Clarence Thomas didn't say it was a whole different issue? Uh, I got Clarence Thomas's quote right here. I got my you know chicken scrawl notes. Clarence Thomas is saying to you that, yeah, we should throw out all this stuff because, or revisit it because... We just threw out Roe because of the idea that substantive due process precedents probably aren't real. That's what the new court is finding, right? So in your, in your zealousness to get to the heart of the matter, to stop all abortions in all instances, uh, you are risking contraception and you are risking uh, oral sex and uh, uh other kinds of sex per anus and, uh, and same sex marriage. So now, of course, states wouldn't have to make these things illegal, right? So, you know, I guess a bunch of people in the Midwest could finally get all those crazy California people out of their area and, and back to California so that they could keep their homosexuality and their Satanism and things there, right? Uh, But I digress. So, the reason I'm mentioning how important this decision is, it's a watershed decision. And if it holds, if this court continues on this path, um, if the court continues on this path, we're not going to see uh, easy resolutions. We're going to see a balkanization of the states, right? And and then I'm going to draw you back. If contraception is illegal in Michigan, uh, but legal in Illinois, and I am driving from one state to the other. Where do I keep my condoms, or is it like a handgun? If I pack it the right way, I can carry it with me. Uh, I did get a caller earlier, by the way, who wanted to weigh in on the show, and she said she's a little shy to come on the air, um, but she wanted to know about the idea of maybe regulating um, sperm. And her, you know, and her thing was like, why, why, if we're so worried about unwanted pregnancies and termination of abortions don't we do more to regulate men's sperm and i thought that was interesting right she's basically saying we should require men to you know take pills that reduce their sperm count or otherwise regulate their their sperm or their fertility um, and that would solve problem at its root and it would be less invasive in men than the whole pregnancy issue is in women Uh, I'm not sure I agree with her, and I don't like the idea because I'm a man, right? And the volatility of my body is very important to me as a man. Um, Hope I don't trigger anybody. Uh, Most of the guys watching don't care about sex anymore. It's easy to scream abstinence. Um, Yeah, you know, the the problem is, and and I have somewhat speciously or maybe tongue-in-cheek been arguing on Facebook for a while now that we should have mandatory breastfeeding because of this baby formula shortage. But my theory on that runs like this. If I can require a woman to carry a baby to term and the government has the right to regulate health, welfare and safety as Clarence Thomas uh, and the others have said in this decision, the Dobbs decision, right? Uh, if, if in fact that is what needs to be done and can be done, then I could easily say that baby formula is unreliable, unsafe, not readily available, and therefore, as a matter of, of public um, importance, we are going to mandate breastfeeding. And uh, there will only be exceptions if the woman can't produce milk. At which time, we will have a team of wet nurses available, um, or will allow a formula in limited, you know, instances like extreme wealth or uh, uh, access. And we say to the woman, you must breastfeed. Why can't we? I mean, you'll, you'll all say, oh, that's crazy, Carl. That, they will never do that. Uh, why? Why? There's no difference. All it takes is a majority of the citizens of a state to decide that their religion requires <laughs> that women not only carry baby to term, but then breastfeed. It's really simple. It's the same legal logic. You don't have a liberty interest in your body. Now, men should be concerned about this decision, too, because if the court peels back the liberty interest in your body, uh, for my tinfoil hat wearing friends, those microchips that they want to implant in you, why can't they implant them in you? How How is that any different? It's no harm to you, right? And if the state has a health, welfare, and safety issue, and you say, oh, about privacy and this sort of thing, well, privacy isn't really an enumerated right in the Constitution. Um, Let's see I got, I got somebody throwing up some uh who enforces that well i don't know i'm curious do you all care when men are forced to be fathers or pay child support to children are not their own well that's an interesting question too but should you read Freakonomics? economics um they talk about the fact that abortions in america likely knock down the crime wave in america you can agree with that or disagree with that but there certainly is a correlation that a lot of abortions are done by uh, folks are in a lower socioeconomic bracket, which correlates with a higher crime rate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So is it possible? Maybe, maybe not. But bear with me for one second. There's there's this magic theory amongst the Facebookers, which is all of us, right? The Facebook community, where our answers to things are very simple. Well, if people would just parent their kids, we wouldn't have these problems. People need to do this. Fathers need to be involved, Okay. You can't stop the world. You can't just stop the world and recreate everything. You have to deal with what you have. So if you were the king of a country and and your army came to you and said, hey, we don't have enough guys to invade the Ukraine, right? And and uh, we our equipment's a little shoddy. And you're like, hey, I, I think it's a good idea to do it. And I just think that's what we should be doing. So we're going to do it. And they're like, yeah, but we're not really, you know, everything's not exactly as we think it should be. And you're like, it doesn't matter. We're just going to do this, right? Because we just need people to be parents. We just need fathers to father. We just need all these things to have. We just need people to take personal responsibility and everything will be fine. Okay, there is no magic wave the wand and everything changes, right? So the fathers are not going to fall out of B-52s and be airdropped by corporate bombs onto the cities to suddenly start raising kids. Uh, You're not going to get in your car and drive into Harrisburg and find a fatherless kid uh, and start spending quality time with him on a regular basis. Um, we, We don't have the ability to just make the world do what we want it to do in a moment, right? So policymakers, things that have to be done, have to be done realistically. So remember this, there will be more unwanted births, which means more kids eligible for adoption um, more kids in bad socioeconomic circumstances. Um, and some people have pointed out that the love of life seems to end at birth, that some people are so concerned about the fetus that they'll do anything to stop a woman from having an abortion, but nothing to feed a child after he or she's born, right? Of course, that's where my mandatory breastfeeding theory comes in. Um, is marriage an enumerated right in the constitution? If not, maybe same-sex marriage will be open to scrutiny, as Clarence Thomas suggests. So, Scott, right, it's not an enumerated right. And so, what is an enumerated right in the Constitution? Um, There are very few enumerated rights in the Constitution. In fact, the prescription is against governmental action in a couple of areas. So, this new way of reading the Constitution, I say new, this originalist way, leads to weird results because sometimes they have to admit that, like, well, there's new things you know, like the internet that weren't, didn't exist back then. And we have to try to figure out what's reasonable and unreasonable. And, you know, maybe a thermonuclear weapon is not an arm that a person could bear, um, but maybe a cannon is, um, so this concept of enumerated rights, there's very few enumerated rights in the constitution. There are, there are rights against something happening to you, but, but this is where it gets crazy. Right? So the first amendment says there'll be no law to abridge your right to, to, uh, Uh, freedom of speech or freedom of religion. So there is a Jewish church, synagogue, sect, whatever, down in Florida, who are running a lawsuit to argue that abortion should be legal in um, uh, uh, their religion, because they believe that if a child is born or prenatally actually identified with certain diseases, that God would want an abortion and they really believe this is their religion. And this isn't something they created because um, this case was coming up. And that's why it's a very interesting one to watch. These folks are saying, hey, we have a religious basis and it's not just the life of the mother, it's the suffering of the mother and the father and the child. And we have a basis to believe that God wants it, all that play out a certain way in certain circumstances that runs afoul of Florida's abortion laws. And that's a First Amendment enumerated freedom of religion argument. Um, now, interestingly, I know some of you will say abortion's murder and God believes this and God believes that. Well, they have a different God, and their God is the Jewish God, right? Maybe a different God. I don't know. You tell me. Um, and this Jewish God, right? Uh, Yahoo or whoever they worship, uh, also a trinity as well, sounds familiar, right? Um, wants them to abort babies under certain circumstances and it's right there in their religious tasks just ask them they're going to go to court and just as faithfully as some of you will say that god wants you to stone people who eat shellfish because it's in leviticus and then others amongst you will say but in matthew jesus said some words and let he is without sin cast the first stone so nobody can stone people with shellfish anymore Um, But nonetheless, they have a a very strong belief in the words of their Old Testament, which is their New Testament, I guess their only testament. And they are taking that forward to the courts and running it up the flagpole and saying religious liberty. And I know that a lot of you love nothing better than a Supreme Court decision on religious liberty that says that gay uh, weddings don't have to have cakes baked for them, right? Well, maybe Jewish sex in... Florida, who believe that abortion is religiously necessary in certain circumstances, shouldn't be meddled with either. Um, I'd really love to hear your guys' opinion on that. Are there, is there anybody out there who says, oh, no way should we ever allow an abortion, even if it's somebody's legitimate religious basis for the abortion? Where um, or, or does your religion trump theirs in America? Uh, I don't know the right answer to that didn't Democrats force vaccines on people who will continue to take away free speech rights from others. Uh, well, you know, my, my 12 year old son picked up on this dichotomy. He said, it's interesting to me, dad. Um, they say on the one side, it's my body, my choice. And then on the other side, they say it's my body, my choice. And one side's talking about vaccines and one side's talking about abortion. And yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Um, if you believe the state has the power over your body to, to jab you. Right. Um, so here's, here, here's the uh, inside baseball. I think most legal scholars would tell you the state has a level of control over the body and the person that is vastly in excess of what the average person would expect and where those balances are struck are key questions. So in America we have due process, right? we have liberty interests that we don't always have in other countries that can be used to stop the state from doing something. The reason that abortion becomes so interesting of a question is because there's a question of how many persons are involved in that equation, right? Um, So the rights of one individual versus the rights of the other individual. So if you wanna go from a purely economic standpoint, abortion probably makes sense, right? We have very great economic investment in an adult who's 30 years old and none in a fetus that's about, you know, a few months old. And so we don't have any training or schooling or anything to be lost. And so if it's going to interfere with the mother's ability to work or continue education and continue to provide value as an economic investment, we would always side on the side of allowing abortions. Um, if that was the case, though, in economics were the law, we would also tell you idiots to stop buying pickup trucks and start buying more fuel efficient cars. And that you really don't need a pickup truck if you live in the suburbs just because once in a while you carry your lawnmower around in it. Okay? If economics were how we made our laws, um, economics influences our laws, it just as it influences our contracts and our business. But we have there are moral questions in our law. So, for instance, killing another person is illegal because it's generally considered morally wrong. Killing another person isn't of itself not illegal, right? A homicide is only illegal if it is against the law. So, I can go to war and shoot people because those are sanctioned homicides, and I am justified legally to shoot somebody in self-defense, uh, just as a woman would probably be legally justified to kill a fetus in self-defense. No matter what the law says, right? I, mean, I would hope a jury would side with the right of self defense. Um, but when it comes to the fetus, if you believe that the fetus is a person with a soul, right, then the balance between the woman's body and her rights in her body versus safety. So, for instance, the jabs, right? Um, if I believe that a vaccine is a relatively harmless but helpful public health tool, um, mandating, it makes sense. You're, you're right and your body ends because we're keeping whooping cough away from babies, right? Uh, your right ends because we're keeping measles away from babies, right? So we could say you're right as a woman ends to, to your own body because we're protecting this precious additional life that's inside of you. And that is an argument that has legitimacy, okay? It has legitimacy because If you believe that the fetus is a fully formed person with a soul and all these sorts of things, then you're deciding between two people. Um, on the other hand, if you believe that at some point, the fetus isn't viable yet, or you draw a magic line as to when the quickening happens and that makes a difference, then the balancing test is done differently. And and I'm not saying these are right or wrong answers. What I'm saying though, these are ways we have to think about things. Okay. And they're not invalid uh, uh, thoughts. Now, it gets complicated because we don't live in a theocracy. We live in a country that says that everybody's entitled to their own religion. Everybody's entitled to their own strong beliefs. And in theory, we will all respect each other's beliefs. But we routinely run roughshod over, you know, you can't not take your kid to the hospital because you believe somehow magically, right? That, that he will be healed by magic spirits and blue crystals, you'll get in trouble if your kid dies of leukemia for not getting him or her adequate medical care because you have breached a legal duty as a parent to your child. So when the baby's outside the womb, we seem to have a very easy time saying a parent has a very high duty to the child. Uh, it's when we go backwards in time we try to that line. And the reason is it's not an easy line. It's a messy line. Some people say it should be between a woman and her doctor. In other words, that's a messy line that should be done privately, uh, maybe in consultation with her spiritual consultant, maybe in consultation. Uh, listen, back when I was a practicing lawyer, I had a young lady uh, who got pregnant to a much older man uh, to the point that there was a criminal situation involved, although it was fully consensual. And the pastor of a conservative Baptist church wrote a letter and said, I can't recommend abortion, and, I, and the reason I can't recommend abortion is it would violate God's law, et cetera, et cetera. However, I can tell you that it's unfortunate that I can't recommend an abortion because an abortion would allow you to continue on in your life as a young person and continue with your schooling and avoid all the impact of these things. And then he circled back to abortion like five more times the letter, each time carefully pointing out that he couldn't recommend an abortion, but an abortion would certainly make things a lot better. Um, I read between the lines in that letter uh, and and found it somewhat humorous because it's an individual who was offering sound guidance to a young woman about the ethical and moral implications and religious implications, but also the practical implications of that decision. And some of you would be horrified to learn that, right? But I know, (laughs) poor Don, um, I know for a fact that there are people um, out there and from work that I did in the past. And I'm going to tell you who they are and I can't tell you who they are, but there are people who are very religious and very conservative and who would generally say that abortions are not allowed, who did in fact have abortions. Um, and I know from some of the psychiatrist types or psychologist types that are on Facebook, uh, at least one comes to mind where she posted, you know, how many times she talks to people who explain why their abortion was a different abortion. I suspect that a lot more women have had abortions than a lot of people realize. They're not going to like run around and tell you, you know, it's kind of like, uh, and the same thing uh, when somebody sees a lawyer for a criminal matter, a potential criminal matter, they don't run around and tell their friends like, Hey, I went to see a lawyer to see if I was going to get any trouble for this. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens that you don't know about, but I suspect there's a lot of 40, 50 and 60 year old women uh, who had abortions in their past, never talked about them, never told anybody about them and who may actually run in a pretty conservative circle. And I'll be curious to see how they vote this fall. Uh, do they come out of the closet a little bit and start to explain how their life was made better by an abortion? Uh, or do they continue to hide because of the moral judgments involved? And I'm not, again, I'm not going, that this is good or this is bad. Uh, I'm saying that it's a very real issue. So there are probably people you know who you would never suspect who had an abortion. And it doesn't make them a bad person. And they're probably not damned to hell. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the George Carlin school of things. God really loves you, but he wants to damn you to hell all the time. I, I don't really buy into that. Um, do I think Hitler's up there strumming harps? Probably not, right? Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it that way. Um, I think Avery said something here. Let's see. I want to show this comment, bodily autonomy and the right to an abortion is is, is a religious belief intended to satanic temple. I don't recognize religion. Would this throw a wrench into the abortion ban for states? Well, uh, Apple, I actually was talking about that earlier. Um, that Jewish sect in Florida, who also has a well-established and maybe more mainstream religion, whatever that means. Uh, has certainly done what they can to and bring and bring that very same argument and and that is trust me um if you want to drive the the religious folks nuts just bring in another religion because one of the things is is, is, i i I don't understand this right but in theory people are like well the only way to heaven is um so i did a show years ago where i filled in for bob durgan on whp 580 at christmas time we had a discussion um you know, if Jesus died on the cross and and you lived 500 miles away and you hadn't accepted him as your personal savior, would you go to heaven or not if you died a few days later? Because they didn't have any internet or newspapers, so the news of the good word would spread out. And it was funny because people had all kinds of views, but my favorite was a uh, the guy used to call Tony the Catholic. and the Catholic guy from uh, Lancaster. He used to call on the show regularly, ask Tony the Catholic and give a Catholic opinion on things. And Tony the Catholic called and said, well, you know, they go to limbo, but then eventually they get to heaven and all this kind of stuff. Which, okay, sounds good. And then some woman calls in and says, oh, they're all going to hell, including the Catholic guy. I'm like, what? She said, well, all Catholics are going to hell. It's obvious. They don't really believe in God. Um, and she was a, a, you know, a very extreme Protestant. Uh the religious aspects of this are fascinating because there are legitimate religious arguments uh, that can be brought to say, I need to be able to have an abortion under the following circumstances. Uh, we don't always allow religious activities to go. So you know, if somebody had a legitimate religion that included some aspects of cannibalism or uh, child sacrifice or other things like that, uh, of course, I know some of you are saying, well, they'd have to go through the secret cabal um, oh, I got some, I got a nice, uh, uh, wow. You got the chat on screen. Nice. The kid's synth. Uh, I know that kid. Um, he might've been the one I was uh, commenting about earlier. Um, for non-boomers a radio is a device, old folks used to entertain themselves. Yes, that is true. Um, they still have radios on and, I, complete side note you guys know that during the pandemic um, some of the young people of our of our world were surprised to learn that you could get free television out of the airwaves and when they got their hd antennas and plugged them in and started watching the hd signals they were concerned that maybe they were stealing something because they'd grown up in the you know the streaming era um, anyhow yeah there's there are still boomers there are still many boomers in fact, We've talked about that on other shows, that the boomer population is retiring en masse, and that is one of our issues that we're going to have to deal with. But back to the abortion issue, because those of you who just joined us and weren't here earlier, um, I played a clip of, uh, of, of Doug Mastriano. It's probably worth playing one more time. Um, he, I hope that, I hope the sound comes through on that thing. I have no way to tell, cause I don't have a, a monitor, which any of the radio guys would tell you, um, uh, not a good thing. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now, Dwayne? Uh, for some reason, when we, when we pull in these other, uh, uh, uh other videos. It sometimes seems to do something funny to the sound. Um, He, if elected, says no exceptions, right? And remember, I was explaining to you, uh, if you kick these things back to the state and you regulate them, uh, governed by the same standard of review as other health and safety measures, which is basically, okay, the video is not playing. Well, take my word for it, Doug, (laughs) Doug Mastriano uh, says he has no exception for the life of a woman. Um, he said it multiple times. You're going to hear Shapiro playing that over and over and over again. this while you're going to get sick and tired of hearing Doug Mastriano on abortion. Uh, and I know there's many of you who love him and you think he's a great guy and God ordained him. In fact, I saw a whole thing of people claiming that God ordained him for governor. Um, I don't think that. I don't think that. God ordains governors, just like I don't think He picks whether the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on a given night. If that makes sense, um, I really don't think, really don't think that's the case. You know, like they do the prayer circle down there in the NFL. Why well, don't think God picks uh, who's going to run the state of Pennsylvania? I think the voters picked that. Um, but some of you are going to be like, no, Carl, it's not the way it works. Yeah, um, eh, I'm not buying it. But that's okay. If you think that's the way it works, and you think that uh, God picks the politicians, then you must know that God picked Joe Biden, right? Um, I I bought a can. <laughs> I don't know if I can show you this or not. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can get this working for you. I bought a can of Coke today, right? Yeah, I got. I've got the picture for you. And the reason I'm I'm, I'm concerned. If you look at 7.5 fluid ounces, I mean, look at look at the size of my thumb versus that can of Coke. I took a picture of it because I was so horrified that that the can so small. Um, can I blame? Can I do my FJB for that? Because guys, you know, everybody's saying, or did they make 7.5 ounce cokes before the uh, before the world went to hell on on inflation? Um, but I don't really think that, like I say, God picks the politicians, right? The voters pick the politicians in America. Um, maybe godly people vote <clears throat> and maybe enough godly people vote they get the person they want. Um, <clears throat> uh, that said, oh yeah, I wonder if Coke still business, they actually had real drugs in their soda. Um, well, actually, interestingly, right, Coke is uh, being boycotted by the right, I thought, as were Nike's and Colin Kaepernick and all these sorts of things. But I, I digress. I, you guys are pulling me off topic. Um, what's going to happen in the future? This is the hardest question to answer. The states are a playground of laws. You're going to see states leaning left and right every which way they can. You're going to see battleground states like Pennsylvania going back and forth over the years. Um the kid synth wants to know what drug did coke have? Well, it had cocaine in it. Um, for lack of a better term, it was literally cocaine. And so it was extracted now and the Coca-Cola people actually extract cocaine. So check your Wikipedia, buddy. Um, the, 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 how was I, where have I going with this? I'm, i you are going to see all this experimentation. You're going to see a horrible amount of experimentation. And you're gonna see a lot of back and forth. Now that makes it very difficult. If you're a 19 year old woman or a 32 year old woman and you found out your fetus is gonna have blue eyes and you wanna abort it, cause that's why everybody gets abortions, right? Um, you might or might not be able to do it in any given month or year in Pennsylvania going forward, just depending on where the legislature and everybody is on it. Um, and that creates a lot of issues, okay? for planning and all those sorts of things. And then you're gonna have people trying to prosecute people across state lines. And if you think that when Kyle Rittenhouse got prosecuted and it brought people out of the woodwork of uh, foreign against all over the place, every one of these prosecutions is gonna be a giant show trial. Uh, a giant show trial. So so we're gonna have real social unrest on both sides of the coin over this for a while. Um, that said, do the democrats pack the court um add more judges to the supreme court to try to reverse this trend does it revol- result in supreme court by the way i just remembered something i wanted to bring up to you i put it on my notes here clarence thomas uh this camera thing always goofs me up but loving versus virginia i noticed he didn't add loving to his list of things he wants to have return right? That's the case that allowed for interracial marriage. Clarence Thomas is a member of interracial marriage. And, and loving was based on equal protection and due process. But it's not an enumerated right. And actually, if we went back in time and we did the same historical legal analysis that old Clarence did um, and, and the majority opinion did, um, we would determine that interracial marriage probably wasn't a really big thing with the founders or even at the time of the 14th Amendment, right? Um, so it's, it's ironic to me that he wants to throw out everybody else's civil rights, but the one case that applies to him, right, the interracial marriage one, uh, remember he's married to Ginny Thomas, the, the girl who was helping Trump and has all the secret text messages with Mark Meadows, and now we're finding out uh, was working with a lawyer for Trump, you know, that sort of, thing. that Ginny Thomas, same girl, Virginia Thomas, uh, she's a white woman married to a black man. God bless him. Loving versus Virginia makes that legal. And of course, that's one of those cases that arguably fits the same bill. But I noticed that Clarence Thomas, who's a beneficiary of that bill, you know, he loves his white woman, nothing wrong with that, uh, doesn't want to overturn Loving or have it revisited because Well, he's a beneficiary of it. And it's amazing how when one is the beneficiary of something or something really affects you, you reach a different decision on it. Um, Just point that out, you know, Hey, we should throw out all these other substantive due process cases. Now, it's a slightly different legal ground. So, you know, you can call me out on that. But the answer is it's not enumerated in the Constitution either. Um, So. Why? Why would you list those and not that one unless you're the beneficiary of that decision? Um, I'm not going to chat on and on, you know, we're coming up on the hour. I think you get my point. This decision was constitutional in the sense that it's not an enumerated right. It's not constitutional in the sense that not every right that we've come to rely upon is enumerated. And if this is what we're going to do, if we're gonna start stripping out things that have become essential to our society, have allowed our society arguably to move forward in some regards, and not the abortion, we'll come back to that, but but, uh, gay marriage, interracial marriage, contraception, um, sodomy. If those things were looked past and, and are now part of our fabric, for the Supreme Court now to start to put the the uh, full reverse on and actually invite it, as Clarence Thomas did, I hope no one takes him up on this stuff. But you know, um, some crazy states are going to pass this. Um, women abused and misused, assistant. The point of a lot of people don't care. Also, the LGBTQ going after children is making people turn away as well. No freedoms. Uh, yeah, I you, I can see you got a. Uh, you got a certain viewpoint and then you know everybody's entitled to their viewpoint and I appreciate you listening to my show so i mean right there you get big thumbs up for me we don't have any viewpoints but listening to my show um Clarence Thomas is a real life ethics trolley problem <laughs> yeah so you know Clarence Thomas uh, also should not be deciding cases involving Trump because his wife was so active in helping Trump but He's gonna listen. Legitimacy of the court is really at issue here, not legitimacy in the strictest sense. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to do a legitimacy the legitimacy of the court episode where we talk about that because, you know, as a as a lawyer who's been disbarred, uh, I'm gonna be able to talk to you frankly about some stuff that I don't think other people are gonna be willing to say or want to say. Um, and I can say some things, so we're not going to bring that all out tonight, but long story short, I am very disappointed in how this was handled. Now, uh, Roberts basically issued what a concurrence and says, we, we could have done this, which means stop these abortions in this circumstance or allow this one law to stand without overturning the whole apple cart. Um, Roberts may yet get his way, he may yet get his way in that regard, and maybe they will draw back. The, the other thing I think it's important to remember is, remember, if they overturn precedent one way, they can overturn it another way. So in Roberts v. Kansas or something like this, they dialed back the Sixth Amendment in like the 80s. And then about 10 years ago, uh, Crawford v. Virginia, Crawford v. Washington, I'm sorry, Crawford v. Washington, they reinvigorated the Sixth Amendment right of cross-examination. And then Melendez Diaz came out and even strengthened a bit more. Um, that was Sixth Amendment right of confrontation lines of cases. But they said, you know, the Roberts experiment is over. I'm not, and Justice Roberts reminds me of this. Um, so it it isn't stuck, right? Just like they could overturn one precedent, they could say that they're they're going to change precedent or tact again. But also, and I'm gonna leave you with this. When I was a practicing lawyer, I used to tell clients. If you're not getting the answer you want, because law is cases and controversies, right? And for a case or controversy, it's phrased as a question. So if you're not getting the answer you're wanting, you need to change the question you're asking. And so, what lawyers will be doing on both sides of the fence in this case and others, but in this case, what lawyers will be doing is they will be asking new questions. The Jewish group in Florida is going to come out and say, What about my religious liberty? And other people are going to come out and ask other questions, and they're going to force the court to to deal with this. But it won't happen quickly. The court will be able to hide for a number of years um, before this stuff percolates up to them. Uh, The composition of the justices is always subject to change. It could be packed. Uh, They're all old as freaking dirt, so sometimes they simply just pass away. Uh, They do seem to retire rather than die in office, Uh, but one never knows. I have a sneaking suspicion that that Clarence Thomas will probably slump that on his desk while he's writing an opinion stripping uh, the rights away from contraception. But who knows? Um, And then as long as he hasn't finished the opinion, I guess it won't become the law. Uh, Contraception, that case concerns me. I think even if you're pro-life and you think that this was a good decision, be very careful about how it was written and be very worried about where it will go. Um, Just as one of the people on here said, well, women took abortion too far, and that's why the pendulum's swinging back. I don't know if that's true or not, but that argument could apply to states. Be careful. You take things too far. Now, the lesson here is whether you're really happy or you're really sad about this decision, who you vote for matters. President Trump promised to appoint justices who would overturn Roe v. Wade. He got an unusual chance to do three. He appointed three and they overturned Roe v. Wade as promised, right? So remember, courts are political. Bush v. Gore, five to four decision. Um, why does every news article report the party affiliation of the federal judge or which president appointed him or her? Because politics matter in court. An appellate court can do whatever they want. They can twist words any way they want. I, I, I brought this to you earlier, in the case, they said, neither Roe nor Casey saw fit to invoke this theory and it is squarely foreclosed by our precedents, which established the state's regulation portion is not a sex-based classification, thus not subject to the heightened scrutiny that applies to such classifications. And that was to an equal protection clause argument that the United States and some other people made in this case. Um, because it's squarely foreclosed by their precedents, right? So in a case where they're overturning precedent and saying, this precedent was wrongly decided. They're also saying, but we're not going to reach this other argument because it's foreclosed by other precedent. Does anybody follow me on that, right? Precedent is sacred. Precedent is not sacred. Precedent is important, but need not be followed. Precedent is horse hockey, okay? Precedent is horse hockey. An appellate court can decide a case any way they want. always subject to review by a higher court. So, when you're a lawyer and you make arguments in court, whether they're to a jury or to judges, you're really making equitable arguments at the end of the day and trying to sway the court your way. Now, sometimes it's much harder to find the law to get the judges where you want them to be. And it's gonna be, and you probably aren't going to necessarily get them. But if an appellate court really wants to rule in somebody's favor, they can find a reason. They can throw out one party for lack of standing. They can do whatever they want. And so right there, We don't like one precedent because it won't get us the result we want, so it's precedent that needs to be overruled. But when somebody's forwarding an argument that we can't use because it will result in us not getting the result we want, precedent becomes super important. Right? That's the lesson from this case. Lesson from this case is who you appoint and what agendas they have are what matter. Um, And if you say I'm calling the legitimacy of the court into the question, yeah, I am. And what do I mean by that? The legitimacy of all courts is just that. It's it's their ability to be fair and impartial, right? Um, but there's this interesting quirk. If you point the right people, even if they're fair and impartial, they're just gonna do what they're gonna do. It's kind of like if you set a little wind up car and you wind it up and it goes forward. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. You wound up the car and you set it down, it's gonna go forward. You pick the right justice, Point them in the right direction, like a little wind up car, he or she's going to go right to where you pointed them because that's how you picked them. Um, there's a lesson in that. There's one other lesson for the Democrats, by the way stop running idiots. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump won because the Democratic candidate was atrocious. It was a close election. Joe Biden won because Donald Trump was atrocious and he had four years under his belt. And I know there's all kinds of election fraud, some of you think. And I'm still waiting for Mike Lindell to uh, provide it to me, but, and, and, and the My Pillow sponsorship for the show, but just remember this, okay? Who you vote for matters, and you can't pick extremists. So just like the Pennsylvania GOP decided to vote for Doug Mastriano, and then we'll claim they can't understand why Shapiro is the governor, okay? This is all going to happen. We'll, we'll, I'll clip this video in November and show it to you. Doug Mastriano will lose, Shapiro will win, and Republicans will grind and Nash and Whale and wonder how it would have happened. Uh, he's too extreme for the state. The National Democratic Party has the same problem. They keep picking these liberal wackos um, or, and or, you know, I got Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and uh, and Joe Joe's actually the safest choice of those three folks. I mean, yeah. Uh, You've got to pick moderate candidates with cross appeal to the middle of America. Uh, middle America, you know, they don't always like the best food and they don't always have the stra- some of the strangest beliefs, but they're us because we're all part of middle America at some level. You know, we all combine to become middle America. Everybody has something in the middle. These candidates need to be picked to run the middle America. So if you're a Democrat, you better... Start thinking long and hard about getting rid of some of your super leftist litmus tests if you want to have a seat at the table. If you're a Republican, you need to remember the same thing because I assure you, and again, we'll watch in November, it's quite likely given the economy and Sleepy Joe's performance that Republicans are going to still do well. But I believe that just like the Wall Street Journal predicted, this is dog catch car scenario. This abortion decision will wake up um, voters and energize people to vote in a way that no one's going to expect. So, what's going to happen this November, by the way, it's going to be a very high election turnout. And I'm going to listen to all you guys go, Well, there's no way there could be that many votes, and therefore there must have been voter fraud. High energy elections bring more people out, just like the last one. We're going to have a ton of people out this election, a ton of people out the next one. Um, And we obviously have to be careful that there is not a lot of voter fraud, but I don't think Donald Trump won, right? Otherwise, the evidence would have come forward already. That We're editorializing, we're off the abortion topic. Um, <laughs> time to look at your neighbors. Okay. I'm not even sure. Not, no freedoms. I don't even know where you're going with that comment. So, all right, gentlemen, ladies, um, ladies, you know, my heart goes out to you. Uh, I will never have to struggle with an abortion. I will never have to wonder, uh, did I make the right choice or not? How did I get into this mess? Um, and I, my gravest concern is that people who aren't capable of raising a child or people who aren't capable uh, or didn't even desire to be pregnant because of rape uh, are gonna be put in terrible situations. Um, if you are one of the people who have supported the banning of abortion and and have been successful, put your money where your mouth is and start helping uh, with all these kids. And you can start with the ones that are already out there, all the ones that don't have fathers and need a helping hand and are turning into, um, you know, our next, our next generation. So we don't, we don't have see anybody air dropping the fathers. I just don't see how this all plays out in a good way. Um, Congratulations on your win. Congratulations on your loss. Uh, I'll see you guys soon.